Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the UGA Sports Live, the national title edition, the uh, one we've always been waiting for, the one we hoped would be here. And uh, it is here. It is upon us. And we are ready to talk about it. I have Coach Jim Donnan with us, the former Georgia head coach, the Hall of Famer. I have Dane Young, who's now the super, super uh, high up guy at Grady School of Journalism. So uh, I'm the only one who hasn't gotten a raise recently. Everybody else is uh, kind of moving up there, but uh, and we just did, we just did a story about the coaches uh, all getting raises and bonuses for winning the uh, game over Michigan and now heading into the national title game. It's uh, very exciting. Check that out on the front page of UJSports.com. But uh, if, please drop your questions and comments into the show. Share this show. This is the big preview. We're not going to have another one before the title game. So you need to, if you got questions, get them answered now. Uh, hit us up with your comments. Share it. We'd really appreciate it, Coach. Jim, uh, I, I got to ask you, everyone was thinking this was going to be the game that came out of the playoffs. A lot of people picked Georgia to beat Michigan. A lot of people picked Alabama to beat Cincinnati. And even before the game was – before the kickoff for Michigan, everybody was talking about the rematch. What's going to be different this time? Well, first of all, everybody's pretty good pickers because they, both teams dominated. It was just uh, – not very good competition by either team and it just goes to show you the strength of our conference and what's going on with uh sec and with these two powerhouse teams uh as far as what's going to be different um you know same cast but it's just going to have to be a situation where uh your best players play better than theirs do uh we didn't do that extremely uh, poor on the mistakes we made, uh, and uh, it just didn't look like Georgia rushing the passer. I mean, we right. we didn't get any uh, really forward press on them. And when you look at this kid, the way he can throw, uh, you just can't do that. But it's a little different because Messi's not in number eight. They're they're a guy that really hurt us during the game, particularly on uh, ball possession, third down plays, and. Uh, the fact that maybe you know, we keep looking for pick, looking for pickings to surface, but that uh, you know, in, in his defense, if he had COVID and, and wasn't able to practice, then that's a tough environment to play uh, with that kind of humidity and everything. So he should be fresh. But but I look, uh, you know, I had a chance to, um, and one of the reasons you have me on the show is to prevent for, provide dialogue. So uh, I've been in this game. Uh, I've coached in this game as assistant coach, as a head coach. And I can just tell you that uh, the preparation is uh, so vi so vital for a game like this. Uh, not so much uh, the physicality. You've gotten to this point, uh, knocking people around and all that, but you got to be fresh mentally. There's going to be a lot of distractions. People want tickets, uh, uh, you know, travel things, everything like that. People want to uh, – you, you know, take your time away from the, the, the uh, task at hand. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me as a coach getting my team ready was the fact that uh, we know what got us here. We know uh, what what our strengths are, and we also know what's, what's really cost us as far as over the years, whether it's uh, this team or any team, uh, some things that happen in these situations. So, you, you really need to practice situational football more than you do just go out there and play plays and do all that. You know, we get into a third down situation in this game, whether it's short yardage or uh, long yardage or middle, uh, we got to get off the field on defense. Well, we got to keep the ball on offense. Uh, we get in the red zone, we got to get something out of it. We can't take risks like we did on that one pass with Bennett throwing the ball. You can't play scared. But you also got to uh, learn from your mistakes. The, the other thing is just conditioning because of the mental and physical drain that you're going to have in a game like that in, a, in an indoor facility. You really need to push yourself uh, to be ready to play uh, just because, hey, we played good against Michigan or we played good against Cincinnati. You're playing for the national freaking championship. You need to play at a level that, that you can sustain down after down. I need your best effort on every play. Whatever that is, you got to be optimum. You can't be 
uh, in between. You know, you're going to think about this the rest of your life. You're going to have a, uh, a legacy based on this game, uh, regardless if you've won one or not. Or not. I mean, it's just something that you'll always remember. Uh, it'll be the, the fact that you were on a team Whatever your role was, whatever you, whether you were holding for extra points or you were the dominant player on defense or you were a guy that really did a good job on the scout team, whatever your role is, you have got to play and execute at optimum capacity all week. Don't waste any time on anything else but your your approach to this game. So um, – We'll do a good job of preparing. I, I don't know anybody that does any better than Kirby. He knows what to do. But the thing that, that really sticks out of my mind when I finish up this little diatribe here starting off is uh, we have to avoid losing. We cannot make the mistakes we made in that game, whether it's misblock, uh, missed assignment, not covering a guy, not going through the gap. As long as we do what we're supposed to do and not give them anything because of our, you know, ineffectiveness, I feel good about our shots. You know, we played tight. We didn't play loosey-goosey. And uh, it, it showed. I mean, that's just being very, uh, you know, objective about it. But uh, at the same time, I, I just feel like uh, one more point here. They had this thing that uh, – for people to project who was going to be the leading passer in the semifinal game, the four guys, you know, Ritter or Ryder, whatever his name is, Young, uh, you know, our guy, and then McCaffrey and and, and McCarthy, whoever. They were. Stetson outpassed them all by 150 yards. I mean, he had over 300 yards. Nobody had over 160. I mean, Bryce Young, 160 in that game. Of course, they ran the ball, but I tell you, I like what they did. We'll have a lot of questions. That's my opening statement. Uh, so that's what we're doing. <laughs> I, feel, I feel about it. And uh, I hope people can have some questions for us. But uh, the biggest thing all of us need to take away is we need to go into this game uh, as fans, uh, not worried about what we've done or what we have or what we hadn't. We need to go in there and give, you, give them your best shot. If you go to Indianapolis, you need to scream your dang lungs out. And you need to sit there and think about everything that's going good. And when things are going bad, let's talk about it on, on Tuesday, not during the game. Hey, we need the best shot we ever had from our fans. And yell like crazy when, uh, when the Alabama's on the field and make those offensive linemen uh, not hear the calls. I mean, they got to hear them in the championship game in SEC, and it helped their protection. I mean, against Auburn, they couldn't. So let's let's rush the passer with long, loud voices. So that's it for me for now. I'll see you later. <laughs> Dave, uh, I think that's as good as we could do. You and I are just here as a screen decoration. You know, we're, that's, that's about as that. But give me your thoughts on this game, Dane, because I think Coach nails it. You. The frustration for a lot of Georgia fans was it, that game against Alabama did not look like the previous 12 games. And I get it. You're playing a different team. You have to adjust to who your opponent is. And I thought the idea of double teaming both their top wide receivers, great idea. Uh, you know, uh, kind of containing the run game, kind of trying to contain Bryce Young, great idea. Didn't work. So I think going into this one, a lot of fans are like, can we at least – play like we played against Michigan, play like we did against everybody else, and see if that works. And I think Coach nailed it by saying, don't lose the game. And he's not saying you got to win it. He's saying, don't give it away. And Georgia gave away a ton of points, a ton of yards, a ton of, uh, hell, two possessions in, tur in turnovers. And I think a lot of people would be a lot happier about that game. If you, if you went in and got your ass kicked, so be it. But don't go in and kick your own ass. And that all starts with the turnovers. If When Georgia does not turn the ball over, Georgia's not getting blown out. Georgia only gets blown out when it's giving away possessions. And that's what you saw in the SEC championship. Now, since that point, if you did stock up and stock down on the personnel for these teams, well, one team lost John Mechie, who's going to be an NFL receiver. The other team got back George Pickens in more quantity, at least. He's going to be NFL receiver. So in terms of the weapons on the field, 
Georgia's in a better spot than Alabama now as compared to a month ago. And I think that makes a big difference. The other thing, and I think the semifinal in the college football playoff kind of showed the importance of the history of this. Everyone said, could these be close games? For sure that there's talent with Cincinnati and Michigan, whatever, fine. But the average like point spread between the winner and the loser after these semifinal games has been like 20 points. Like these, these historically are blowouts. It, that's also the case in the national championship game in a lot of cases. It, I did the composite. The winning national championship team in the, in the title game since the playoff has been around averages 41 points. The losing team averages 26. So 41 to 26 could be what this is. And I could see either team doing that. The last time that there was a super competitive national championship game, it was Georgia and Alabama, and we all know how that ended. And so could this be close? Yeah. But I think either team has the ability, again, like you were saying, if mistakes happen, that this turns into a, a margin of victory that could be multiple possessions. Yeah, here's, you made some good points there. And the thing about turnovers, though, that I always told our, told our team, turnovers certainly make a lot of difference. Where do they happen on the field? Well, the one happened for a touch pick six. That's just – you can't have a pick six. It, most teams lose when you give up a – kick return for a touchdown, a pick, you know, you give six points up. But the one inside their 20 doesn't hurt you near as much, but it takes points off the board. But I think a key value in this game that we've got to really be careful about is we weren't worried about the run in that game because Robinson was had a pulled hamstring and, you know, he was very ineffective. And so we were, you know, even though, like Roddy said, we double covered people. But when we double cover them, we got to – Remember, we're double covering. That's your job. We, we blew it a couple of times, and the guy got wide open. But we're going to have to be ready to stop the run in this game more than we were last time because this guy's a hammer and tong back. I mean, he makes the pile move. They're not a great run-blocking team, but they try to get edge blocks with guys in motion. So tackling in space is really critical. But here's what's going to happen that I thought was great that Cincinnati showed when you studied the film. Cincinnati really played off their receivers and, and made sure they didn't give up big plays. They gave up one 41-yard touchdown where a guy busted and he, he came out on the inside receiver on the corner. But overall, they were kind of bend and don't break. I'm not saying we're going, we're going to play that. That's not our style. But they were, are very effective in no long pass plays. They did give up a lot of runs. But so many of them were just missed tackles. They had guys at the point of attack, and the guy just ran through it. So we've got to tackle well and get off the field. But I, I, do, I do hope that we'll mix up a little bit more and not play uh, quite as much in-the-face defense on those receivers, maybe back off. And, hey, if they catch a 12-yard pass, so be it. Let them do it. But make them execute. Here's the one thing that I always talk about in, in pr preparing for a team. You don't have to pressure every down. No question. You don't have to. But you can simulate it. You can make him think it's coming and make it get in his mind. Okay, here comes 88 with a twist with uh, this, uh, you know, uh, Davis inside. Or here comes Smith off the edge. It looks like he's a speed rusher, and then he drops in coverage. But, you know, we got to get this guy thinking a little bit. He's very smart. But uh, the threat of simulated pressure is good, too. So I, I just feel like we're going to bring the ranch on this guy, but we're going to make it up. And uh, – you saw, I mean, he had 161 yards passing against uh, Cincinnati, but the running game stood out very well, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention, Coach, when Dan was talking about uh, Alabama losing a, re a receiver in Georgia, kind of getting one back in George Pickens. I was saying, well, they also got a running back back. But my question to you is, it felt to me Georgia got away from the run in that uh, SEC title game. And, again, I, I hate to be the, the fan or the person, you know, the, the, the back. But you are. You are the guy. You are the I am, guy. But I'm just saying it's, it's the, Say it. Say it. Don't even say it. Say it. Just capture it. Why? Well, let me. Why do you – when it's something seems to be working, the other team will make an adjustment. I didn't see a huge adjustment there. I just felt like the philosophy was to attack through the air. And Stetson had 340 yards through the air and three touchdowns. It, was, it wasn't the plan to go in there. We, we ended up throwing 49, but we had a couple sacks and a couple runs. We, we definitely don't want to do that. But you're exactly right. I mean, we, we, we've got to be 
very patient and you can be patient when the other team's not scoring. You know what I mean? When it's yeah. first, the whole first quarter was like that. We ran past, did everything. We're up 10, nothing. Then all of a sudden they get, they get it rolling. And the second quarter against Alabama, against Florida, against LSU, everybody's been our nemesis. I mean, we get behind in the second quarter and we didn't get the ball back uh, until it was 31, 17 because they scored. And then they ended up scoring on the first possession of the second half. So uh, I hope that uh, we get to defer and we got the ball first in the second half, just in case that happens. But, um, you know, I, I just feel like uh, you can drive yourself into submission worrying about the last game, but what, what I thought was good yesterday, what Kirby said, uh, when he got back off the plane here at Athens, he said, we've got our notes from the first game, which that's what you do after you play a game like that. While it's on your mind, you go in there and, and, and make a, if, if I had this to go over again, I would do this. I would do this. I would do this. And then you got that on every team you play. So when you play them again, you got it. Who would know that we were going to play these guys again? But there's a good chance of it. But that, that's what we always did against Nebraska, against your – you know, you have that stuff in your kind of Bible where that you, you look first verse, second chapter, Nebraska, you know, and you go in it or Alabama and you study them all year long and you get a good feel for it. So uh, I know that we will have a good – I really feel that the running game needs to be really stressed this week, not only for – helps Destin, but also keep Alabama off the field. Amen. Let's get to this super chat, which if you do a super chat, it's going to make the show, uh, unless it's like crude or something. So, but Adam Hicks has a question for you, Coach. It says, did Georgia change the defensive scheme in the SEC championship? Georgia looked confused on defense. We made some changes, and you heard uh, seen and some of those guys talk about most, most of them were in the secondary because Kirby – you know, he's a brilliant secondary guy. I mean, that's his life, and he knows the passing game. And he worried about us being able to cover these guys, Meshi and uh, and and Williams. Just, Williams just like uh, I would worry about it. So he felt like that we were good enough up front to rush without you know, using uh, some of our secondary guys on, on other kind of stuff. So we doubled both of them, which Roddy – I don't know how Roddy knew that. He, it's no way he would know that. We you don't. said it during our watch along. Oh, okay. But anyway, <laughs> we he, he's using that stuff like it's Vince Lombardi. But that's good. Though. <laughs> but anyway, like, no, he does. He does know a lot more about football than I know about journalism and stuff like that. That's his stuff, but like you guys do. But but I do feel like this is a good question. Who's the guy that asked it? That was Adam Hicks. Yeah, Adam, that's a good question. We didn't really have a wholesale change, but we didn't have – we were more worried about the past than than normal. And because of that, we uh, we tried to do some things. We, we hadn't really done a lot of double coverage or what we call cut, you know, things like that all year, and we did it. And uh, it, it didn't work. Uh, and, and fortunately for us, we're going to have some – some ways to understand that that maybe not be the best thing. And now you're not going to have to double both of them because one guy's out. I mean, we anybody in the right mind would double number one for this game. I mean, whoever's playing them is going to do it because you can't let that guy beat you deep and we'll do that. But that'll, that'll free up at least one other guy because we won't have to double mesh. Darth Flyer says if Georgia can't run the ball, ball game. I agree, but I would also add if Alabama can't run the ball, ball game whichever team gets off balance here it's going to be a struggle yeah i mean he's right i mean i i wouldn't go out on limb on that you've got to have a good good balance but but i do feel like that uh we'll be able to based on if they line up against our 13 personnel like they did so worried about bowers doing all the stuff he does so a 13 for us is three tight ends and you put them all in a little bunch there in a little slot you know where you got three guys bunched up and they can all go different directions the outside guy can go in the middle guy can go out they can switch they can do all so all their run supports worried about what are these guys going to do well if you can get a tie at the point of attack with your guard and tackle then that's a soft area back there because those guys are backing up i wish i had a whiteboard to draw it up and maybe look like i know what i'm talking about but 
basically, if you just think about if if you're running against somebody and the fist is closed right there, it's going to be harder to knock them off. But if that fist is open and and they're they're really backing up, I mean, you, you know, you've got a really good chance of going after him and then really getting him as compared to him being right on top of you. So I like that. And I also like the fact that uh, we were able to do a good job containing 31 for them, Anderson. And we've just got to do a little bit better job on some of our runs, anticipating where he's going to attack. So if I'm blocking this guy coming this way like this, and he goes inside of me, I got to make sure that I protect the inside first. So I need to go at this angle to stop him instead of just going here and hoping that he's going to go one way or the other, protect the inside first. Hey, if he goes outside, that's great. So he, he slashed inside of us a couple of times and, and really made plays from the backside. So, uh, and their linebackers are pretty good too, but, uh, but let me just tell you this. This is not the best defense in the history of college football we're going against. I mean, they got issues at corner, that uh, number, that Kool-Aid guy who's the number, a good young corner. But I'm, I'm telling you, every time George Pickens lined up out there, this kid looked like he's in the fetal position backing up. So I think we can really attack him. And they got another corner that might be hurt too. So, uh, you know, hey, throw the ball too. It's nothing wrong with that. But uh, – the other thing that I feel like is really big in this game is if you count with me, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven looks to me like Burton is ready to go. And if he's out there along with the Bowers on the inside and Pickens on the other side, we got some, we got some dangerous threats right there. And, I don't know what his touchdown to reception area uh, averages this year, but he's been on fire on the deep ball. So uh, that's good. And we always know we got Ladd who, you know, what well, was almost a great catch on that, that sprint out with you. So uh, there's a lot of good ideas. What Keep on going here. I mean, I, I like these challenging questions. Well, Coach, with Burton, what I've seen on tape, he has dramatically – improved his open field blocking and so like he can be in there with those three tight end sets and be the receiver lad can too they they've both proven they can block in the open yeah, field and, and then you see then you see what george pickens is doing off the line of scrimmage against michigan i don't know if that guy was ready for that jack by, by george but you know another thing that was good was just our uh, and i think you guys picked it out on your film don't lie thing was just uh, we, we ran a quick play on them and ran a tackle eligible where Bowers lined up as a outside guy up beside the guard and moved the tackle over to the other side, snapped the ball quick, and they didn't have anybody on him. I mean, and that's just real good coaching by Munkin and our team. And it it's also very uh, patient by our players showing that they can line up at the last second and get where they need to real quick. And that defense has got to pick it out because if you're a defensive back or, or linebacker and all, and you're used to coming up there and that tackle on that side is ineligible and he's going to block you and there's a guard beside him, you're really not thinking about it. Then all of a sudden that tackle's not there and 19's there and, <laughs> and the guy's off the line on the, on the outside, McConkey, which makes this guy eligible. Hey, throw it up there. That's good. Uh, hey, you did that by yourself. How about this producing on the fly? That was good. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I wish we could run it back. Just, show, just stop it right there. I'm going to get John Madden. Stop it. She can <laughs> say that, our, that the tackle is Bowers. And uh, so uh, the other tackle who is uh, Salyer, he's moved over to this side. So we got two tackles and a tight end and a guard. I mean, it's just uh, very good there. Very good. All I thought right. Mike called a hell of a game for those, those first two drives. I mean, yeah, up fourteen nothing, and all of a sudden he always calls a good game. He always calls a good game when you win. No, that's true. But I just when we were talking earlier about kind of the philosophy going into it, and I just think he had them heads wrapped around themselves. They were obviously confused, and I thought it was just a. And again, you look great when you have great execution. You know, you call plays and they bomb and people are like, oh, that was a stupid play call. It's like, well, the guy missed a block or this guy didn't break a tackle. So uh, right. I, I think 
there's a huge confidence boost going into that game because, uh, and again, this is should be really amongst the fan base. I don't think the, the players were really uh, questioning themselves, but you know they went 12 and 0. They get into the SEC title game, they lose badly, and everyone's like, "Wow, they were just overrated," and they feasted on weak teams, which was not true. But I think it really helped uh, Georgia's confidence to go out and take on the number two team in the nation beat the brakes yeah. off of them, and now you're like, okay, we're going up against Alabama, and it's the fear of the unknown, Coach. I was trying to write about this, but I'm not a good writer. You know, when you think there's something under the bed or you think that there's something, you know, a job interview coming up, and you're just kind of terrified of the unknown, you've gone head-to-head with Alabama. You've gone to camps with these guys. You've known them coming up. Some of these guys played against each other in high school. They've, they've... Now you've gone on the field against them. You played against some of them last year. Jamari Sawyer is not freaked out about Will Anderson. He didn't, you know, maybe they hadn't gone head to head, but now he's played him and he knows what he does and what he doesn't do. Same with Warren McClendon. You know, uh, your cornerbacks going up against their uh, secondary guys. Tackling Brian Robinson, he's going to be healthier this time, but your inside linebackers are not like, you know, they, they understand what's coming. I think that familiarity gives us a different ball game altogether. Yeah. I mean, anyway, you look at it, those guys in Vegas. I mean, they're not out there with all those big buildings because they don't know what they're doing. True. And the fact that they still got us favored in this game pretty much says that, you know, even though we lost uh, like we did, that they, you know, hey, do you want to give – and it's gone up. It went from two and a half to three. So people people are betting hey, on – how'd you know that? People are betting on Georgia. I mean, you know, so – but let me, let me just say this about what, what all of us are saying. The more we can use what we did or didn't do to get ready instead of just dwelling on, you know, what's happened in the past, the better we're going to be. We need to be forward thinking about looking why play's going to work instead of why it's not going to work, you know, like that. And one of the things that uh, my father, who was very, uh, very astute and in, in so many things he told me, uh, right before we got to play the national championship game down in Miami against Penn State, we were over there at the Fountain Blue Hotel. And, uh, you know, he was, we were just sitting out there in the lobby and we're getting ready to leave to go play. And, uh, or you got Caesars Palace up there. We got to put, and uh, he just said, you know, let me just tell you one thing about this game. This, this might be the only time you ever get to play for it. And you need to let go balls out. He said, just don't worry about why anything. He said, just go balls out. And I never forgot that. And uh, we won. I mean, I, I called some. It's like the other day, uh, Bunk, Monkey calls a halfback pass. I mean, I mean, it was good. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a trick play as much as it was something they thought would keep the other team off guard. Uh, you know, we're running the wishbone, and we, we shifted to double slot. On, on Joe Paterno and Keith Jackson caught an 88-yard pass because they thought they were in the wrong stadium because we were in a double slot, you know. So, I mean, you, you got to do and, – and I'm not bragging here. I'm, all I'm saying – I guess I am a little bit, but I, I am saying this. You know, when you got a chance to take your shot, whatever it is in life, you got to take it. I mean, take your shot and go for it. And I, I see us doing that. I mean, I, I see us uh, doing it on defense, special teams, offense, and uh, we'll we'll see how it all pans out. But uh, I feel good about our shot myself. Hey, Roddy, let's get to Coop's question after uh, a quick break to chat about your pie uh, and Athens Ford. Yeah. I want to mention our friends over at uh, Your Pie. They have their new hot honey pepperoni pizza. I say new, they've had it before, but they've brought it back and you really got to try the hot pepperoni. It's a, it's a fantastic pizza. They do a lot of specialty pizzas over there. And of course, if you don't like the specialty pizza, you can always go in and grab a, uh, a different type. You know, you can always say, Hey, look, uh, here's the crust I want. Here's the sauces I want. Here's the uh, uh, different uh, toppings I want. You can put as many meats on as many vegetables on as you want. They will take care of it. They also of course have, salads and pastas and sandwiches, gelato, fresh beer, pretty much everything you could want. Check out our friends over at the um, uh, uh, Your Pie locations. There's a ton of them. 
You can order today. It's Tuesday. If you do it on the app, you'll get double points. Those points add up incredibly fast. It's not like some of these other uh, VIP things where you sign up and you never get anything free out of it, and you, or you have to buy thousands of dollars worth of stuff to get a, a ten cent uh, bonus. Uh, the, the 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 double points thing through the Europe app is fantastic, and it's always on Tuesday. So be sure to hit that up. And I want to mention our friends over at Athens Ford. They have a ton of vehicles on the lot. It's tough to actually. Uh, get all those uh, or to find vehicles in town. But I want to mention something. I needed service done on my uh, Ford Explorer and I clicked on their, you know, uh, service tabs because you can actually go in and tell them when you want to uh, have your service done. You know, say, look, I want it uh, Tuesday at four or Wednesday, whatever. And here's what I'm going to get done. And you just, you schedule it yourself. It's fantastic. I went over there the other day and they said, hey, we are rebuilding this. So please just email us. And I'm like, oh, that's a, okay, fine. So I emailed them. Ten seconds later, uh, someone reached back to me. They said, look, here are the times we have available. Which one do you want? I'm like, oh, I want this one. They said, okay, well, you're set up. And then they sent me a confirmation to put onto my calendar. Again, top flight service, even while they're rebuilding parts of their website. So I just want to give a shout out to our friends at Athens Ford. Yes, they have a ton of vehicles that you can't find anywhere else in town right now because everybody's low on cars. They right now have close to 300 vehicles on the lot. But if you need any service done, uh, it, normally you can go in and just pick your time. Now you just email them while they're uh, rebuilding that matrix to make it even easier for you. Uh, hit them up and they will reach out to you immediately. It's not like you're just you know shouting into the void asking for someone to uh, you know balance your tires, change your oil, whatever. They will definitely reach out to you and try to make it as easy as possible. And of course, you want some custom work done in your vehicle. You want some custom parts. You know, you got a nice. Uh, Ford F-150 and you want some uh, custom customization done on that. They have a amazing customization department over there that you need to check them out. So uh, when you get a chance, swing by our friends at Athens Ford and uh, shout out to them for sponsoring the lights over in the Botanical Gardens. I was able to do that, uh, I think, um, 30th or something. Went over to check out the lights in the Botanical Gardens. That was fantastic. So if you did not get a chance to do that, you need to check it out next time. Super chat question from Coop says, Coach, how does Georgia adjust to Bama's tempo? Georgia wasn't able to sub Davis and Wyatt and looked exhausted in the SEC championship. Yeah, that's good. good another good uh, analysis there by him. Uh, you know, they ran like 48 plays on us in the first half, I think. And we are a team that subs a lot. I mean, you, you can watch our team all year long and try to put fresh guys in there. The one thing you got to do is, is stop them and get off the field. The other thing is is get in better shape and not just get used to somebody coming in for you. You got to practice that. Like, hey, we, we're gonna we're gonna have to play seven or eight plays, and uh, I, I think they really have worked on that. They did that uh, extremely hard getting ready for my going down to Michigan because it was going to be so hot and they didn't know whether Michigan was going to keep the ball like Alabama or not. So I think we're going to get some good carryover from that conditioning and also the fact that they got to understand we can't. And and the reason just, just to show people when they're running tempo, the refs aren't going to stop the clock unless the other team puts somebody in and lets you sub accordingly. So he, he made a good point there, but I think our conditioning is going to help. I think the fact that they understand that they got to play hard down after down, and which they do, but uh, they just can't count on somebody coming in for them. Super chat question from Lee Maddox. What are your thoughts on giving James Cook a lot more touches in the upcoming game? In my opinion, he's the most dynamic player out of the backfield. He's a pretty smart man. I mean, there's no question there. Uh, we didn't do enough of that against uh, – against uh, Bama the first time. And a lot of that was situational, just the fact that we, uh, you know, had a good first quarter and then second quarter didn't do very much. And then we were behind so much. We were, uh, he's not near as effective when you're throwing the ball every down where he's good is when you got the thread of the run, he can sneak out on the backer and work on them and things like that. Or he line him up as a wide receiver. I mean, He's great at that. So very similar to what we did against Tennessee where you're running play after play and you got rhythm and all. But um, I think the, the real key for James being effective is us having a lot of snaps where we can use him and, and, and White. And uh, I think White will be big in this game because when he does run the ball, he needs to get five, six yards, get some chunk plays. And – we got some good help there now. McIntosh is ready. I mean, uh, 
and also uh, Kendall Milton. So we got good. Yep. Yeah, that helps us. That, helps that leads us into a question from uh, UGASports.com. And I ask, do you think that Georgia stays with the run longer this time around? It seems like there was early success with Zamir White, but then Georgia got away from it, I, I guess, talking about the SEC championship. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We did because the, the situation in the game where we're trying to catch up. And, and when you're calling plays, you also got to look at what the defense is doing. And it didn't look like that the, de- that, w- that the defense was going to stop them. So we're calling plays to try to catch up more than uh, than just say, hey, w- what are they giving us and all that. Um, you know, you look at what they're giving, but all of a sudden you're down 14 and uh, they're scoring at a pretty good clip. I mean, they hadn't punted since they – they were down 10 nothing when it was 31 to 17. So obviously we got away from the run, but uh, the big dictator there would be, are we still, you know, score wise right there with them? And uh, that'll be good. We're a better team running the ball, play action, stuff like that. But we did throw a lot of drop back stuff on these guys uh, at Michigan, but uh, you know, they had a hard time rushing the passer and they had two of the best pass rushers in the country that didn't do diddly. I mean, uh, both those guys got snuffed. I mean, uh, I think Roddy showed me that five, four, three report he had. And it was, uh, he, he predicted that stopping the, the run uh, rush would be even more important than, uh, you know, a lot of people said that that was the most important, but he said, the most important part was which quarterback played good. So we did both. We stuffed them, and it wasn't a problem. Salyer and uh, McClendon did great. And then, of course, Stetson outplayed their quarterback. So I'm anxious to see what he writes this time. I mean, he's probably thinking about it right now. Oh, yeah, he's going to write anything at this point. Yeah, I, I got a good streak going. I don't, don't want to mess it up right before the championship. He's going to have a few Bud Light seltzers out there and then write it. So. <laughs> Yeah, coach is weird. Uh, everybody knows I can be in life. I'm an optimistic person. I always think that everything is going to come up great. When it comes to Georgia football, I'm a very pessimistic person. And somebody asked me, what, what do you think is going to happen? And I said, what's more likely to happen? Georgia gets this 41-year monkey off its back, or we spend nine months bitching about the fact that Georgia lost the championship game. And knowing the, the abuse the Georgia fan base is set up for every year, I feel it's going to be the latter, but I'm going to tell you, if the Braves can do it this year, there's just – could you imagine the Braves and the Bulldogs coming through in the same year? The state of Georgia might just fall apart. I don't, yeah. I'm just saying I, I, I think it will happen. There's a reason – I'm with you, Coach. When Vegas says they can do it, they can't. And I don't think that you can beat Kirby Smart in back-to-back games in the same year – like you did. I think – Look at the Auburn game, you know, how much improvement we made a couple years ago. But well, I, I, do, I do feel like this about the players. Though. They don't feel the uh, monkey on their back about the 41 years. This is their team. I mean, they don't know Herschel Walker. I mean, they probably know Herschel Walker, but they don't know a lot of these guys. But uh, it, it is uh, maybe a little bit more pressure on the coach and all, but it's six year here, but it's second time he's playing for national championship six years. Pretty dang good. So uh, you just got to, you got to seize the moment more than you have to worry about the past. And uh, I, I just feel like, which I would tell our team, look, we're going to, uh, we went through a bowl situation. I thought Kirby did a great job of using it, using the bowl to relax our players. It wasn't all, hammer and tong down there. He let them go to the events. They were able to enjoy the beach. They were able to be part of the, you know, the whole thing, even though the COVID thing was very well under control as far as our, our people, as far as they handle it, but they weren't boxed up and just in a, in a, in a vacuum. This game is a lot different than a bowl game. I mean, we're not going to go. We're not even going to leave until Friday and we'll leave late Friday and get there like eight o'clock. So, you're just going to be there essentially three nights. And the first night doesn't really count because as soon as you get there, you probably going to bed. So you're not going to have a lot of bowl experience. And, and uh, it's, it's more of a – with the Zoom now, you're not going to have one of those deals where all the players go out and get interviewed and all that. So yeah. it's going to be like more like a regular game, you know what I mean? Just going in there and 
We'll have one practice there in Indianapolis and then our typical walkthroughs on Sunday. But uh, this week, just preparation. I mean, just really what? prepare, study tape, know your opponent. I mean, it's a heavyweight fight. I mean, when does he jab? When does he slam? You know, hey, you got to you got to know your guy inside out. And our, our players will do it, and so will them. So will theirs. Dane, has the school cancel classes yet on Monday? No. But some professors are going to be lenient with that attendance situation. Really that, that probably will happen. Yeah. Now, here, here's what I'll tell you about Alabama, though. This is not as good of an Alabama team as the Tide had last year. I know they had a Heisman Trophy winner then, and they do this year too. Uh, this is a really good Alabama team. Alabama's already beaten Georgia once. They can do it again. They have that kind of talent. But Alabama also struggled with Auburn, struggled with Arkansas, struggled with LSU, lost to Texas A&M. And I think Georgia's better than all those teams. And, so and Tennessee, they had a hard time with Tennessee, fourth quarter game. But uh, it's just the fact they did beat us and, you know, beat us handily. Uh, but you, you got to, like we said, take the good and the bad from that game and and really uh, work hard to uh, play our game. And uh, we, we, we should be fresh and ready to rock. Uh, this is a super chat question from Dante E. He says, Brock is a monster, which is a Space Jam reference, which I always appreciate. He says, but the offense is nowhere near his potential if George Pickens does not have at least five plus targets. We have to target other threats. In his opinion, what do you think about getting Pickens more targets? Yeah, I think he's exactly right. And uh, just look at the last game, though. Part of the reason was uh, he didn't practice. I mean, he didn't get you know, he was out of practice for all the, all that time with COVID, plus the fact he didn't even start practicing to, you know, full speed until the Georgia Tech game. So uh, it has been a good buildup. I think we'll see more of him in here. But, uh, you know, Mitchell's done well out there. He's been effective. But uh, George, uh, I, I think the fact that George missed that, that whole week prior to going down there, uh, just really kept him from playing a whole lot, so uh, he, he'll get he'll get some good targets. And I can tell you this: if you would uh, look at uh, if you had a memory bank and had a chance to go into Stetson Bennett's dreams, it would be dreaming of throwing the ball to George Pickens like he did against Auburn two years ago when they lined up man in the in the red zone and he put it right on his there for a touchdown. So uh, I can see his going to George and, and, and then we, you know, we got Bowers and we got Burton and we got, we got a lot of things. We just got to call it Kears Jackson right now. Kears Jackson, the senior. Well, Hey, Kears, Kears gets every catch like it's going to be his last one. Cause he doesn't, <laughs> I just, and that was a great catch he made in that game. Uh, but we got, that's another thing that just shows you what can happen in football. We made two stupid penalties they're on that possession where we got a chance to go in and just put them away, you know, got the ball on the 10-yard line and then get, you know, Brock comes in there and does a post-chop, which, you know, you can't do that. I mean, but we're not going to fire Bowers because he made one mistake this year. But, uh, you know, that it, it was not real smart, you know what I mean? You, you, you got to avoid one thing I'm just going to say. I'm just going to act like I'm talking to the team. 15-yard penalties – or the worst thing you can have next to a turnover. I mean, you can get some 10-yard, but if you get a 15-yard penalty, you made some kind of stupid mistake, either a personal foul or whatever it might be. So there's not – and what I used to tell everybody that was a non-skill uh, guy, you know, like you don't have a chance to touch the ball the whole game and affect it, but you can help with – but there's not a player on our team worth a 15-yard penalty that doesn't touch the ball. So you get a 15-yard penalty, your ass is hurting our team bad because you can't make it up. You're never going to get the ball to make up those 15 yards. A couple things just to point out, and I've seen some of this in the chat. Uh, Brock Bowers does have an injured shoulder, but he, it's a pain tolerance thing. He's going to play. He's going to play a lot. 
uh, and then deal with whatever that is in the offseason because someone did ask. Uh, Christopher Smith with the targeting penalty does not have to sit out because that happened in the first half. Uh, Chaz Chambliss did have a second-half targeting penalty against Michigan. He is not available to play in the first half. And as Coach, you said on the Watch Along show, people think that's a backup, not going to matter as much. He's a special team starter so that someone else is coming yeah, into that he's spot. He's a really good, good player, and he got a good motor. But I, I think you take – a lemon and make a lemonade out of uh, Chris Smith. The guy's had a hurt knee. He, you know, he he avoided about 30 or 35 snaps of contact, uh, which he didn't do that on purpose, but he avoided 30 or 35 snaps by being put out of the game. So he, he'll be a lot better against Alabama because he, he could have gotten his knee hurt. You know what I mean? He, his knee is not healthy. So that helps us. And the point that, that Kirby made, and I would make it to our fans, when you get in a situation where you're doing something that's not normal for you, like Williamson against Alabama covering a punt, that's not why he's out there. He's a he's a, a pass catcher. He's a guy that goes down and changes the game. He returns kick. But he got thrown out of the game for a targeting call on, on, a, on a tackle on a kick. So you got to be real careful when you're outside your MO doing what you're supposed to do technique-wise. Smith did the same thing on a uh, throwing a block on an intercepted pass where he's a tackler, he's a pass cover, he's not a blocker. So if you're going to do something outside your bailiwick, be real careful that you do it within the confines of the rules. You see what I'm saying? That's a great point. I'm doing too much uh, talking there. but You know, you get kicked out of the game for a foul that on the, on when you're on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Well, Dane and I have a coach in the national title game. You've done it a couple times. And you've been there. So we're going to let you talk for most of the show. <laughs> but before you, before you talk about something else, I do want to mention our friends at uh, Dead Soxie. Before the season started, they came on as a sponsor. They sent us some socks. We tried them out, <laughs> but we lost. And uh, I mentioned that, uh, hey, these are your new lucky socks. George is in the title game. I'm not saying that uh, those socks did it, but I'm not saying that they didn't. And they do have their Georgia styles. So, uh, And this is the prize pack that we send to anybody at UGASports.com who uh, wins the score prediction contest. So we have those. They come in a fantastic box with the uh, – hell, it's better than most jewelry I get so for my wife. You know, so in point being, they are lucky socks. I said it's kind of a joke, but you're 13-1, and one, about to play for your second title in uh, five years. Coincidence? No, I don't believe in it. I uh, also want to mention our friends at Academia Brewing Company. You're going to want to watch this game someplace with a lot of friends, a lot of fans, and you want that big party atmosphere. Swing by Academy Brewing Company. Check them out. Uh, they make wonderful beer. They have fantastic food. Uh, they have giant screens everywhere. They have the lounge. They have the beer garden outside when it's not freezing like it is now. Uh, but the, the big lounge area, you definitely want to swing by Academy Brewing Company. And I do want to mention something for after the game. On uh, January 13th from 8 to 10, they're going to have the Athens Comedian Night. So uh, you can check out the... Uh, uh, a comedy night from our friends uh, at uh, Academia Brewing Company. So there's always something going on. If, I know a lot of us are on Facebook. Some are not. You need to follow them on Facebook and Instagram and see all the new events that they have coming up. So Thursday, January 13th, they have um, a, uh, the big comedy night. There's live music on the 9th. They have stuff coming up on the 6th. Uh, of course, beer and uh, biscuits brunch on the weekends. So when you get a chance, swing by our friends at Academia Brewing Company and wear your dead soxy socks over there when you get the chance. I just, hey, want, to do, this. I just want to do one thing here that I've always wanted to do because you two guys always do it, but I'm going to kind of do it right here and don't be busting me, okay? <laughs> Good luck. All right. All right. Just pretend that we're, we're, we're coming in and I'm taking over, okay? This is Coach Jim Donnan. I just want to tell you right now, I've been dealing with socks uh, living in Burlington, North Carolina my whole life. Uh, I used to peddle socks to, to uh, when I was at school and, and sell them from a, 
uh, outlet there in Burlington. So I know a lot about socks. Uh, I've been involved with them, but I guarantee you one thing. These dead socksy things right here are the best things I've ever had on my feet. And I'll tell you, promise you, I've had the, uh, all kind of my whole life. Burlington's uh, gold toe, all that stuff. They're good. These babies right here will stay up. They'll last. And whoever's making them needs to get a patent on it because they're going to make a lot of money. Because I guarantee you, I used to work in a clothing store. I know what socks are all about. I don't know much football. But I can tell you this, if you got a chance to buy some of these or even, even if they don't have your school colors, like I told uh, Roddy, I want some camel colored ones and some navy and all that. But uh, I like the red and black and all that. But, hey, I'm glad these guys are sponsoring our show because they know what they're doing. So get some of these damn socks. And if you don't, I'm not going to be on the show anymore. <laughs> hey, Roddy, you need to raise that advertising rate just a little bit after that one. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you if I didn't believe it. I mean, I, I asked for some more of them, and this is one I hadn't put on yet, but I'm going to do it, but I was saving them for the show. So that's it for me. <laughs> he literally named it, so he's right. So we appreciate all our sponsors. It's been, a, it's been a fantastic year, and we have some new sponsors coming on, like Rogue Apothecary and Connor Grading and Landscaping, guys like that, and we appreciate all the folks that have uh, been with us. The Yeah, I mean, all our sponsors, you look at how long they've been with us, they they're people that we care about, and uh, you know, at the board and your pie. I mean, uh, no question about the academia. Uh, just one thing after another, and then of course our watch along show. But these people care about Georgia too. That's what I like. They do, uh, Coach. I kind of wanted to touch back on. Uh, we're talking about Brock Bowers and Ad Mitchell and Lad McConkey, and you talked about Georgia being in this game for the second time in five years. That's three freshmen. You know, and I mentioned Kyrus Jackson being a senior and, uh, you know, some of these upperclassmen who came back, you know, Devontae Wyatt and uh, Jordan Davis and, you know, your junior leadership. This is a – I know a lot of people feel like if you don't get it done this year, this is our one shot at it. And you talked about, you know, hey, be loosey-goosey, go after it. I I know a lot of people, regardless of the outcome, will think if they lose, oh, we, we'll never get back there again. I'm looking at next year's schedule. I think you're right back in this thing. And then – and you're after the game, you're going to lose some players to the NFL. You're going to lose some to the transfer portal. It's, it's no team is immune from that. You may the lose some coaches. Got this team running. I'm pretty damn impressed with the idea that looking at that schedule next year, I'm like, you're, you're back in this. I think that's yeah. Or, hey, you win it. And next year we're talking about, hey, can they go back to back? This team's built for success. This program's built for success. I mean, uh, there's no question about the youth on the team and the way it's going to surface. And we've talked about the, the guys that are the backup linemen right now don't have the experience, but they're going to really be good in the O-line. I mean, just uh, – and then Washington, you got this Delp guy coming in here, and then you got all these defensive ends that actually look better in person than the ones we got playing. So we got to get some D-linemen in there. And then the secondary – might be one of the best secondaries ever recruited. And uh, from what I heard, we're looking at a couple transfer people at certain positions that really, if those guys come in, I'm not talking about quarterback right now because that just came out, but there's some really good guys in, that we're looking at that, that will uh, – what time is it, 12.54? I'm yep. just telling you, we're going to get a couple stars in the uh, portal. We're going to get some guys that will make my mouth water just like DK did. I mean, we're going to get some. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You, you brought in Darian Kendrick through the uh, portal when you were absolutely needed some cornerbacks. As you pointed out you lost seven defensive backs that, from last year to this year. And who was the defensive MVP of that game with two picks? Darian Kendrick. And I tell you one thing Darian needs to do, though. He, he, he better not look into the backfield and miss uh, let Williams get off the Williams get off the line like he did that kid from – from uh, Michigan. Now he needed to get those two picks to pick up for that bad technique he used. But, you know, he, he's a guy that uh, has been to this game and had success with it. I'm sure he's talking to the players about how they prepared to Clemson, what they did, all that stuff. That's invaluable. I mean, he's been on that spotlight. He knows what to do. So uh, that, that's really good for, for our players to be around him. 
So we have five minutes left in the show. Uh, <clears throat> I have three questions from the dog vent that I want to get to quickly. Uh, Coach, I want to say congrats to you and your family because I saw where the Southern Conference uh, had its 100th anniversary team. And right there in the middle of it, Todd Donnan uh, showing out with what he did from his Marshall days. And so congrats yeah, to your great. family. I know that's a big deal. Yeah, it was great for Todd because, uh, you know, he, he had a tremendous career up there and uh, won several awards that most people don't as football player. He was chosen as out of over 500 athletes in the Southern Conference as a student athlete of the year, uh, beside being a player of the year at that his senior year. So real happy for Todd and uh, it's, it's well deserved. I appreciate you pointing that out. So what do we got for questions here? All right, so let's go uh, 30 seconds maximum on these answers. And some of it we may have already answered, but it came from uh, the folks over at UGASports.com, which everyone needs to be a member over there. This is from PA Dog 610 Coach, what changes to George's defensive scheme do you make on the game plan this time around compared to the SEC championship? Well, we won't be double covering both guys. We'll do a better job of that. We'll probably show more pressure and do more pressure with uh, not just counting on the four and five man guys getting in there and then uh, hopefully we'll harass the guy and get in his face. And when we have a chance to sack him, maybe get, get a few, uh, just can't let him run around back there. So we, we got to put a lot of pressure on him and, and, and do a good job with uh, mixing up our coverages. Question from riser. What adjustments do you see Alabama making on offense from what they did in the SEC championship game? They have a healthy starting running back, but are down Mechie, the first round wide out. Yeah, I think we see more run game from them because Robinson is there, uh, shorten the game a little bit. You know, as far as limiting our possessions, they they probably won't go tempo quite as much. They'll use some of it, but I look for them to a lot of motion, try to create an edge, get Robinson out there, and uh, uh, you know, again, do a good job of getting the ball to to number one in a very um, a lot of ways, putting him in motion, throwing them to flares. Uh, you know, just doing all they can to give it to your big play guy. Obi-Wan asks, in a one-game season, do you shorten the bench when it comes to offensive skill players, receivers, and running backs, or do you stay with the rotation that got you there? I mean, that's an age-old question for us. I don't really don't know the answer to why we do that, but uh, we do sub a lot with receivers. But I do feel like the fact that George was trying to get ready, Burton was trying to get ready all year, and these guys were practicing as the first guys. So uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll shorten it a little bit. But, uh, you know, at this point, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think Burton is going to be huge in this game if he can play. To the, he, he was good last year against them. Uh, over there in, uh, in Tuscaloosa, he had a big game as a freshman. So I would be for doing that for sure. Uh, but I, what I am for is getting the best players out there and that make me guys that I don't think are. So I don't watch them practice. So I don't know that. Let's wrap with uh, mouth watering players of the national championship game. Roddy always picks James cook, uh, but he may go somewhere else. So I'll go Roddy, then I'll take it. And then we'll wrap with coach. I'm going with the, um, I expect Alabama to run the ball a lot more. So to me, I got to pick somebody on defense who's going to counter that. And I just think that uh, this is Nicobe Dean's time to shine. He had a great game against Michigan. That's for sure. Be good if he can run a little faster. I mean, yeah. I think Stetson Bennett is the easy call here because I think if Georgia protects the ball, then you're at least in it late. And then it, sometimes it takes a little luck. So not to make the easy call, how do you make Bryce Young uncomfortable? Nolan Smith did not have a good game in the SEC championship. Playing with an injury, trying to overcome that, he was dramatically better against Michigan. If Nolan Smith can do that against Alabama, that forces mistakes. And Bryce Young has shown that he will throw interceptions if he's rushed a little bit. You let him sit all day, it's going to be a long day for Georgia. So I'm going to say Nolan Smith. I'm going to say the two tight ends, uh, Washington and Bowers, I just feel like that they're blocking on the perimeter, getting the ball. Of course, Fitzpatrick's in there too, but I don't think you'll get the targets that those two get. Uh, they got to have big games blocking and catching the ball. That's a national championship show. 
All right, folks, I appreciate everybody tuning in. We will be discussing this a lot next Tuesday. It'll be the day after the uh, title game. Be sure to tune in at noon. Actually, uh, Roddy, are you going to be able to sleep? No, I will not be able to sleep regardless. But <laughs> He's going to be up the night before. I'll still be up for but it'll be worth it. So point being, uh, tune in next Tuesday. And, of course, uh, check out the Watch Along. Check out the, all of our shows at ujsports.com. We appreciate it. And uh, Hey, I, I just want to give you a little Michael Buble to end this game. Don't go changing to try and please me. I love you just the way you are, Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, do do what got you here. Hi, right, folks. Thanks uh, for tuning in. We appreciate it. A shout out to all of our sponsors, uh, Dead Soxy Academia Brewing Company, Athens Ford, and Your Pie. And, of course, uh, shout out to everybody on the dog vent who submitted questions. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate your support. And I uh, hope everyone has a happy new year with a uh, maybe a brand-new uh, national title ring. That would really help you uh, ring in the new year as well. Everybody take care. We'll see you next week.